Dennis Stewart, we're starting off another year, mm. so it's probably not a bad idea to take a look at uh, how herbal medicine sits within the uh, diaspora. What a very good question, and I'll be delighted to address that, Jane. It's a wonderful topic to kick off the year, to justify the program and to certainly justify what I do. Well, not only that, of course, things have changed so much in the they last have. year or so. They have so indeed. to NURFM Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. And Kerry has rung in from Rathmines. Now, Kerry, it's all about your daughter's leg cramps, yes? Yes, she has very on her mum, actually, Dennis. Oh, uh, hello, Kerry. No, I'm Del. Oh, Del, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm ringing for my daughter, Kerry, who yes. um, she's a hospital worker, always on her legs. She's yes. A cook. Yeah. Okay. Um, she gets very bad cramps in her legs. Oh, dear. That hasn't gotten for any reason. She'll oh, be just dear, sort of dear. lying on the, on, the, on the lounge and all of a sudden it'll cramp. Oh, she's dear. on the magnesium, but it's not mm. helping her any. Okay. How long, is your, how long has your daughter been experiencing Oh, these symptoms. For ages, ages, okay. Now, yes. the first thing I, I would ask, and you would expect me to ask this, has your daughter been medically checked out and investigated? No. Okay. No. Look, the only, look, leg cramps are a very common condition um, and may not be associated with anything serious, albeit, uh-huh. albeit sometimes leg cramps may be misinterpreted for a circulatory problem. It may not be just a muscular thing. The cramp may, in fact, say something about uh, peripheral circulation, uh-huh. uh, blood flow, uh, particularly if, you, if your daughter is, is working hard and on her feet a fair bit. Does she, does she have varicose veins or anything like that? No, no. Okay. And how old's your daughter? She's 57. Okay. Well, look, the first thing I would suggest is that she sees her GP just to rule out that there is any vascular component associated with this condition. I think that's that's always wise. Um, I have said for years to my own patients and listeners to the radio, um, anything that is long-standing should, in my opinion, be clarified to see what's going on so that if there is anything uh, behind it, it can be addressed before it develops into anything serious. So it would be worthwhile her having a talk with a GP to get his opinion and his perhaps uh, testing and diagnosis to see whether or not there is a vascular component to this. Most likely, most likely there isn't, and therefore the taking of supplements has proven to be pretty popular in recent times, and a significant doses of magnesium have been a, a pretty well uh, proven uh, supplement in some cases, not all, in some cases for cramps, particularly what we call nocturnal cramps or night cramps. She needs to be working around about 200 milligrams uh, daily of magnesium, and that's probably, that's probably what she's taking, but she should check that out. I'll suggest two other things that would be worthwhile come, uh, factoring into the equation. Uh, get her to also, with magnesium, to take a calcium supplement. All right. Cal- calcium and magnesium has been a very popular combination. Uh, each seem to uh, synergize with each other and give a benefit um, disproportionate to each one of their uh, abilities. So get some CalMag, as it used to be called, 
and, yeah. and uh, bring that into the equation, particularly if the uh, vascular component has been ruled out. Uh, right. uh, secondarily, there is a well, or, or, well, I say a well-known herb because I, I prescribe it so frequently, but probably it's not that well-known at the popular level, but there is a herb called cramp bark. Cramp right. bark. Now, the name speaks for the uh, characteristics of this herb, and in traditional Western herbal medicine, it's found a role in addressing what we loosely refer to as cramp conditions, and not right. just associated with, with the limbs, but cramping also abdominally, etc. Cramp bark um, is known as viburnum, V-I-B-U-R-N-U-M, not that that means that much, but uh, there, is, there are products in our health food stores and pharmacies which incorporate the herb cramp bark. I, I will not name them, but they are well known. Where do you live? Um, I live at Trelbert. My daughter's at Rathmines. Okay. Look, there would be a pharmacist or a health food store that she could access to get onto this herb. I would think that uh, that in conjunction with what she's doing and appending it, say, with some calcium, is not a bad starting base to uh -huh. overcome what is a very, very common condition particularly if the vascular component has been ruled out. Now, if there is a vascular component there uh, and a surgical intervention is not considered appropriate, the herb ginkgo biloba, write that down, ginkgo biloba, has a, a well-known uh, reputation which can be uh, sourced from the, from the net by Googling it. It has a well-known reputation for enhancing peripheral circulation in very compromised uh, circulation pathways. It's not a bad herb to fall back on um, when there is uh, a vascular condition not considered uh, to warrant a surgical intervention, but perhaps capable of responding uh, to the herb ginkgo biloba when taken over a chronic period of time. Well, we have a health food in Toronto, so that's close. Yes, uh, and and I know that health food store has got a good reputation. I'd uh -huh. be I'd be surprised if they were not able to uh, lock into what I've been talking about there. Mention what I have said, and I'm right. sure they'll be mm -hmm. able to help you out. And they will know the product, the herbal product, Cramp Bark, uh, right. by virtue of a of a product on their shelf, uh, which starts with the word Cramp. This is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis, um, natural medicines, herbal medicines mm. are, um, are really still very popular. They are. I think that um, most people um, would have accessed what I call natural medicine um, in recent times, uh, and many people have used natural medicine all throughout their life. So... Um, I think that a, a, um, a reason for this is that people realise certainly the benefits of um, modern Western medicine, and rightly so, but what they also realise is that Western medicine, good as it is, doesn't necessarily have the answers, particularly for some of the chronic diseases that people experience today. And in that niche, if you like, complementary medicine, as I call it, 
incorporating herbal medicine has found its role and many people access it because they get results using uh, complementary medicine which uh, has freed them from some conditions for which modern medicine has not been able to address. Now, there's no competition here, as I've said, and you, and you know this very well. Listeners know this. This is not a competition with, uh, with the mainstream. It's basically saying there is a role for natural medicine in modern society. People are accessing it for conditions that are defiant to the Western model. Dennis, would uh, restless legs perhaps be coming into that category? Oh, look. Because Faye has rung in from Glendale. And Faye, you have a problem with restless legs? I I certainly do. Um, They're keeping me awake. I've had them for a lot of years, but now they're so bad. I can't sleep overnight most nights, and I just think it's time to try and get something. Oh, dear, Faye, there's, there's nothing worse than Nothing not being worse. able to get a night's sleep. Um, no. is, is it uh, only a nighttime problem, Faye? Or? Mainly at night, yes. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do your legs jump? Uh, yes. Well, I've got to keep moving them. Okay. They're so okay. restless, I've got to move them. And some okay. nights I don't get any peace. Uh, some other nights uh, perhaps I don't get them or I don't get them bad. Okay. But I, they've got worse now and I'm I'm a bit long in the tooth. I'm one of your old Cardiff customers. Oh, okay, that goes back think, a while. <laughs> it is, and I think it's time I rang you because <laughs> I nearly rattle with all your potions and oh, pills dear, now, dear, but dear. one more wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you'd remember dear Steve that used to work in the I do, and is he still going? No, look, Steve uh, moved on. He's now working up at uh, Coffs Harbour. Oh, really? In, in a pharmacy there. He worked, as you know, for me, with me and our family he for did. about 30 years. And he did, and I was going to ask about him because yeah, he was a really a good He was a, a delightful chap. man, a lovely, a lovely man, and uh, uh, we miss him very much. Look, with restless legs, the, 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 are you on um, many um, prescription medications? The only thing is a blood pressure, Cartazen, yeah. and that's the only thing I take, well and the done. rest of them are... Q10, yes. uh, multivitamins, yes. all those sort of okay. things. Uh, have you tried? Have you tried magnesium? Well, I ha- do take them, but they make your bowels a bit loose, Dennis. If you okay. take them too regular, okay. they make me a bit loose. Okay. Well, look. One of the things you you can try, which will not do that, is a particular biochemic remedy or a Blackmore's medication known as magnesium phosphate. Oh, good. Magnesium phosphate in what's called the celloid, C-E-L-L-O-I-D, the celloid form, is is something to contemplate. They're an inexpensive uh, preparation based on the the rationale of biochemic medicine uh, developed by uh, Dr. Schusler in the late 19th century. I would uh, get hold of uh, some magnesium phos. They just call it a magphos. Yes. in the Blackmore celloid range, or uh, if you're unable to get that, and you should be able to get it, by the way, um, if you can't get that, get the biochemic remedy in what's called the cell salt form that's just called magphos also with a 6X beside it. Now, I know that sounds rather esoteric, but magphos 6X is the historic biochemic remedy developed by Schusler, whereas magphos in the Blackmore's range... Uh, has a higher level of magnesium in it and is more approaching 
what you're already taking, but should not upset the bowel. Okay, good. So that's my, that's Blackmore. So if I forget those two names, uh, the chemist will be able to tell me, and it's in the Blackmore's range. Without doubt. Without okay. doubt. And he can access it. If he hasn't got it, uh, he can access it, or he can contact me, and, okay. and I can get it for him to give to you. Good. That'll be good, because I really need something. I You can't be awake on and off all night. Oh, dear, dear. And I'll tell uh, you what, I'll uh, be 90 this month. Yeah, well, I'm not far behind you. Well, <laughs> So that's how long I've well, been listening well, to you. Yeah, well, you're, you're doing okay. You come across very, very well. I'll end up giving you a job. <laughs> I tell you what, I just I give you a recommendation because everything I get wrong with me, I usually fix up with some of these natural things. Well, good on you, Faith. That's <laughs> delightful. Lovely to talk to you. Yes, yeah, same to you. Thanks, right Dennis. Good on you, Faith. Thanks for your call, Faye. And, uh, yeah, well, it's Coming up to half past 12, so... How about that? 90 years of age. That and, uh, is Only amazing. on one prescription medication and uh, keeping yourself going, alert uh, with with natural things. And uh, I uh, recollect uh, those good days that she's talking about when the little health food store at Cardiff that, the fam- that our family owned was mainly staffed by a chap called Steve who had studied with me and who was well known by elderly patients at Cardiff and helped a lot of them, Faye being one of them. Health naturally. And we've been talking about uh, herbal and natural medicines mm. and, uh, well, people obviously do think that they're very useful and they, uh, they notice the benefits. It, things have been very different over the past two years with COVID times. Sure. And, uh, yeah, how can herbal medicines contribute to the fight against that? Well, I think they can do a lot to help fight this virus. The first thing that listeners should appreciate is this, that the medical approach is an approach that has proven to be very successful and certainly what I'm going to say has no uh, objection to the mainstream management of this wretched condition. Um, Without the mainstream approach, we would be in trouble. But having said that, Having said that, I believe that complementary medicine, natural medicine in particular, has a role to play in participating in helping people particularly resist the onset of the virus. And one would say, how can one do this? Well, the approach of natural medicine is primarily not to address any particular virus, but rather to address the immune functioning of the body the body's natural resistance mechanisms and use a combination of nutritional supplements and herbal immunostimulatory preparations to, if you like, give the body some additional support if and when the virus is contracted or hopefully to provide some additional protection to not getting the virus, put it that way. So the use of complementary medicine has been twofold Many, many, many uh, patients and clients of mine have presented in good health, uh, acceding to the medical procedure, but getting hold of supplements that they have researched or listened to me talk about and have weathered the storm, and they would argue, more confidently than just depending upon the Western model. Now, this basically means... Two, two, two things that I have, even on this program, mentioned ongoingly. 
there are a roll for a bracket of nutritional supplements, number one, which have been well spoken of uh, by the Australian doctor, Dr Sandra Cabot. Uh, she's a remarkable lady, um, a medical practitioner who has the knack of writing very helpful books on health problems, which include, if you like, very sensible uh, ideas and treatments involving uh, nutritional supplements, uh, herbal medicine, etc. I have mentioned on this program before, and I have no problem uh, in hesitation and mentioning it again, that the book by uh, Cabot on the coronavirus is one of the best that I have ever read, and it is a book written, in my opinion, for the layperson in particular, uh, who wants to know something about viral infections, something about COVID, and ways and means of augmenting the medical management by lifestyle changes incorporating the use of supplements. And in that uh, remarkable book, uh, which I supply from my rooms and many of my patients have purchased it at a very, very economical price, on page 62 of Cabot's book, there is a list of five nutritional supplements, all of which are pretty well known, including selenium, uh, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D, uh, a, a substance called NAC, um, and zinc. Now, they are presented as being immune-supportive nutritional supplements, and I recommend those as a good starting base for people who want to lift their game, as, as it were, in helping their immune system combat a viral infection per se. So the nutritional supplements with immunosupportive characteristics are the ones that, in my opinion, should be uh, utilised and are being utilised by knowledgeable clients, knowledgeable patients and knowledgeable listeners. Outside of that, in Cabot's book, and people would have heard me also talk uh, of my own information and experience, with herbal medicine based on the Chinese herb astragalus. If we see those five nutritional supplements as representing a useful nutritional support for the immune system in seeking to resist viral infections and fight it if they occur, then in my opinion, the Chinese bracket of herbs led by the remarkable remedy, and I have no problem in, in calling it a remarkable remedy, the herb Astragalus membranaceus, leads the pack of a group of Chinese herbs which have been referred to in Chinese medicine as Fu Sheng remedies. Fu Sheng remedies. Now, what that basically means is remedies in conjunction with, remedies prescribed with, medicine supportive of usually the mainstream Western medical approach. In China, uh, formulations incorporating uh, astragalus uh, fit the bill, if you like, as providing a unique, historic, traditional medicine system where the herbs have been prescribed confidently. And it's interesting, with the onset of COVID, the demand, the demand, not just in the Chinese uh, uh, population in Australia, but Australians generally for seeking Chinese remedies from Chinese herb suppliers has been overwhelming to the extent that these days some of them are difficult to get hold of. So people are voting with their feet, so to speak, 
and are aware that within the Chinese system of herbal medicine, the oldest system in the world, there are a bracket of immunosupportive remedies, if you want to call them that, led by the herb astragalus, but supported by others and frequently coming together in a formula known as astragalus 8. Now, to my way of thinking, that combination of that handful of nutritional supplements that I referred to, based on the reading, uh, particularly of that text, and I encourage all listeners to familiarise themselves with the reality of viral infections because viral infections have always been with us. And COVID, in my opinion, and who am I, but COVID, in my opinion, is not suddenly going to go away. And there are going to be other viruses, in my opinion, which may be just as challenging. We need, therefore, as an educated population, to become more and more aware of the reality of these things and to get familiar with ways and means of using natural supplements to help reinforce our resistance. And in my opinion, there hasn't been enough said by medical and government authorities about the role of this system of medicine, the idea of immunosupportive supplements in helping people fight viral infections, even COVID. Dennis, um, one of the sections of our Mm. population that's been really susceptible to the virus or has suffered most from COVID is the elderly and particularly in care facilities. Yeah, and that worries me. Yes. Because I have a viewpoint on this that might be controversial. Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) My view is that in care situations there needs to be some consideration given to the use of a select range of supplements, some of which I have already mentioned, as part and parcel of routine supplementation for patients uh, under the uh, management, if you like, of the medical practitioner. My contention is the idea of supplementing the elderly person's diet with appropriate and useful and sensible and documented nutritional supplements such as what I've mentioned and also incorporating in simple forms herbal supplements uh, particularly such as, as astragalus in my opinion could contribute significantly I could say more than that but significantly in lifting the game of many of the elderly patients in helping them combat the virus and, in my opinion, lessening lessening their frailty and lessening the severity, perhaps even, of the COVID virus. I, I believe strongly that this is something that must be looked at. It might come down to the fact that uh, the elderly person's relatives may have to fund the supplementation, and I recognise that. But so be it. And these things are not that expensive. They're not that expensive these days. And I'm surprised that this has not been taken up uh, in care situations, although there may be exceptions. This is not in any way at all conflicting with or criticising the medical management carried out in care situations. Far from it. Far from it. But these things should be seen as important as the dietary things, the food that some of the elderly people are offered. 
there may even be a role to look at the uh, food that is prepared, the types of food that are offered to see if some of the emphases in natural medicine uh, could be incorporated into the food that elderly people get. Um, I'm not going to criticise or do anything other than suggest that uh, a simpler form of food with much greater emphasis on on a, a natural dietary approach, taking some of the dietary ideas uh, of the the great nutritional uh, writers and practitioners like Berke Benner and others uh, with uh, unique foods. Uh, for instance, uh, the, the, the food moosely um, is on our shelves and is available from our uh, shops, but the original moosely was a simple dish. My dear wife raised our children on it. A simple dish based on basically a Granny Smith apple, some rolled oats soaked in water overnight, blended with a bit of lemon juice, topped with a bit of yoghurt, and that is the original yoghurt, and that is a simple, inexpensive, fruity, healthy dish that could easily be offered, in my opinion. Uh, two elderly people in a care situation, it would have a regulatory effect on the bowel. It brings all the benefit of the fresh apple to the person's diet. Apple a day keeps the doctor away, so to speak. Um, so without going on for too long, in the context of this investigation that seems to be getting ahead of steam at looking at uh, the care facilities, it's sure there may be something to look at as far as staff and I support any uh, thing that will look at that. But I'm being radical when I say that there needs to be other factors looked at and one of them I consider is supplementing uh, with things that I believe can help and looking at particular sorts of foods and dishes historic in natural medicine, well-proven, to be able also to contribute to better health. Health naturally on 2NURFM. Oh, you are a controversy stirrer, Dennis. I am, I am. (laughs) My kneecaps will be shot off one of these days. Edith has rung... Hello, Edith. Are you there? No, she's not. But Edith rang in from Wall's End to Mm. say that she wholeheartedly agrees with what you say about nursing homes' aged care facilities. Um, so thank you for that comment, Edith, and I'm sorry we missed you saying it yourself. However, Lynn also rang in and she was asking if you could just mention again those remedies, okay. those things that will help in the okay. fight against COVID. Okay. Look, uh, what I did, Lynn, was mention two brackets of uh, remedies, if you like, which uh, I am recommending and have recommended for many, many years and during the COVID crisis have recommended them to my patients and clients. I spoke of a bracket of immune-supportive substances uh, called up in uh, Dr Cabot's book on the coronavirus, which I have encouraged all of you to get hold of. It's not an expensive book. It's in the mid-20s. And on page 62 of that book, there are a list of nutritional supplements, as I call them, considered to be immunosupportive. And that means uh, making sure that the immune system is supplied with crucial nutrients that are considered important in optimising immune response. And I'll just mention them quickly to you. In Cabot's book, the dosage of them is stipulated, but I'll mention the remedies. Uh, They start off with selenium, 
uh, vitamin C, uh, vitamin D3, zinc, and a product known as NAC, N-A-C, N-acetylcysteine. Um, they're the five uh, remedies uh, called up by the good doctor, which I have confidently recommended as remedies to, to consider and utilise in the dosages mentioned. If, Lynn, you are not able to procure the book and you want the dosages of that, ring my rooms and my staff will happily uh, give you the, the dosages. But a pharmacy or a health food store should be able to help you out with those supplements which would be administered in the dosage that's permissible. But they are the five nutritional supplements. I also mentioned my great admiration and confidence in the Chinese herb known as astragalus. It is a member of herbs uh, in the Chinese system that are known as immunosupportive remedies. There are others that are usually prescribed in conjunction with astragalus, but even astragalus on its own represents one of the most significant uh, immunosupportive substances that has been used very confidently in the West ever since the advent of the HIV virus many years ago. That's when the herb astragalus uh, began to be used as a result of Chinese-American doctors uh, recommending it as a means of helping people that had been infected with that wretched virus. So they're my views. Astragalus herbs and the five nutritional supplements, a good starting base, I would say, for supporting the immune system. Dennis, Helen has rung in from Cessnock. And uh, Helen, you've got a comment on echinacea or a question, echinacea and COVID. I do. Hello, Dennis. Hello. Um, my mother, who's 96, nearly 97, yes, yes. I've got her on Echinacea 5000, yes, yes, yes. and so far, so good. She hasn't yes. had even a sniffle. Yes. Is that all right, or is the astragalus better, or what? No, look, um, if, if I had to say anything, I would say that um, Echinacea is much more stimulatory in its action, and hence has been used very confidently, even in addressing active infections. When you look at uh, something like astragalus, it is a herb that is more subtle. It is a herb that is particularly used for chronic management. And it is a herb that works more at a tonic level than a stimulatory level. Very frequently, the two herbs are prescribed together. When I started practice many years ago, echinacea was the herb, but virtually the only herb that was used as a device to support the immune system, not only in the elderly, but in the in, in, in young people. I still go along with that and see its uh, benefits, particularly in elderly people that might be suffering from uh, an active pathology. If, however, the echinacea can be reinforced with some astragalus, I think you've got an ideal combination. But I come back to the point, Helen, if your dear mother is doing well, on echinacea, which she seemingly is, I would say leave her on that, but yep. keep up your sleeve the way in which in modern times, probably under my influence and in teaching, the inclusion of the Asian spectrum of immunosupportive remedies has made an impact. 
Um, I would see the two remedies put together as being excellent, but if mum is doing okay on echinacea, leave her on it. That's excellent. Mm. Thank you, Helen, mm. for your mm. question. Uh, Linda rang in from Long Jetty, uh, food in aged care. That's right. Hi, Dennis. How are you going? I'm very well, Linda. Nice right. to talk to you. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. Just regarding the um, muesli recipe that you were talking yes. about, uh, with the uh, people in uh, aged care facilities, yes. a lot of them don't have the ability to chew very well. Yes. So I'm wondering, could you replace the raw apple with some stewed apple, as long as there wasn't a lot of sugar in it? Yes, indeed. But let me just say, uh, and what I would be happy to do for you, Linda, is if you were to contact my rooms and give your details, I will send you the original information on the original formulation of Burke Moosley because the uh, Granny Smith apple in that was grated. It wasn't just an oh, apple. Great. It was finely okay. grated to the extent to the extent that my kids, uh, when they were about three years of age, uh, could sit down with that, with that without any problems because it's a smooth, uh, apple taste uh, breakfast dish that has a bit of tang about it and it, 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 in my opinion, presents no compromise to people that have significant chewing problems. You can grate the apple as, as finely as you like and everything else included in it, uh, when, when mixed together, uh, is a very smooth, easily taken uh, substance. In some of the uh, muesli recipes, um, mu- the, the use of, of high-quality yoghurt as a topping device put on top of the uh, of the muesli that has become very popular also my kids love that albeit the original uh, recipe didn't incorporate it contact my office and i'll be happy to send you information on it but in my opinion the original formula with the grated granny smith apple brings all the freshness of the apple and all the uh, unprocessed constituents of the apple in a form that in my opinion could be generally speaking, taken easily by elderly people. That would be fantastic for yeah. the elderly so they're still getting all that good oh, look, and, and the thing about it is, it is so easily made, so economical, so fresh, so yeah. tangy, um, and it's, it's so healthy for the gut. We talk about gut health. Well, here's a remedy that brings a lot of benefit to the gut and has a regulatory effect on the bowel, a lot of elderly people in nursing homes battle with, mm, uh, with, with, with constipation, etc. Mm. This brings the benefit of the apple into the situation. I can't rave enough, so to speak, about this remedy. And the thing that worries me is that uh, many of the preparations called muesli, uh, I've got to be cautious <laughs> here, uh, uh, how can I call it, uh, are not, strictly speaking, uh, to the original formula. Now, that is an opinion... Um, and that's why I prefer to see muesli made up as indicated by the great Swiss doctor. And that was mm. the basis. Let me emphasize that was the basic food of the Berkebener Clinic in Switzerland um, for helping people overcome chronic diseases. And uh, thank you mm. for your comments, Linda. That's really good. And of course, Europe generally, Central Europe has been right up there with uh, all the time, all the health things. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, look, look at Berker Ben. I think his uh, clinic uh, is still going. And another one was the great Dr. Whelan, who wrote a book, Rebuilding Health. 
And just one last one, uh, Sue Rang from New Lambton. Uh, she's not on the line now to thank you muchly oh, for nice. all your comments. That's and nice. that is Health Naturally no, for today. Good. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. A little bit Stewart. radical. Little bit radical <laughs> and we'll talk Health Naturally <laughs> again next week. Thank you, Jan. On Friday to NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.